Okay, Christina, the people have been waiting since last week with <laughs> bated breath for the Tilt-A-Whirl story. So, in thinking about it, I don't know if this is going to be quite as momentous of a story as I maybe pitched it to be. <laughs> the gist of it is basically that my mom used to work at a theme park when she was in college. Actually, all of, she and all of her siblings worked at the same theme park in different capacities. <laughs> Did they have the full Adventureland experience? I don't know what the full Adventureland experience is. <laughs> Do you know the movie Adventureland? No. It is an extremely good movie. It is like my favorite Jesse Eisenberg movie. Probably my favorite oh, Kristen Stewart movie as well. It's that it's one, just, right? It's just a really good movie. <laughs> okay, cool. But I don't know the context. <laughs> it was, it's about working at a theme park. <laughs> yes. So, so they did all work at the theme park in different capacities. And one of the jobs that my mom did was that she was a ride operator for, I think they called it the Tom's Twister. It may or may not be the same thing as a Tilt-A-Whirl, but it's that one where it's like, you have people standing or like around the edge of like a barrel drum, essentially, and you spin so fast that you can drop the bottom out from it and they keep spinning because of centrifugal force. <laughs> yes, and you know, also safety precautions, they're buckled in. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, they may not have been buckled in when my mom was working there because it was the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did she work at Action Park? <laughs> No, she didn't. <laughs> no, it was a different Midwestern theme park. So it was either the late 70s, early 80s, but she was working there and as part of being a ride operator for this tilting, spinning ride of death, she was responsible for cleaning up after everyone that left something behind when they finished with the ride. <laughs> I've heard stories and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, if you're going to go on one of those rides at a theme park, listeners, don't eat anything beforehand and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> There's a reason it's called the Tilt-A-Hurl sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Also, I haven't been to a theme park in literally so long. <laughs> I was gonna go to- me and my friends were gonna go to, like, to Calgary and have a whole trip and, like, we're gonna go to Callaway Park, we're gonna visit the zoo, we're gonna go there for the anime mm -hmm. convention weekend, we're gonna go up the tower, all the, the fun spots, we're gonna stop at the Tyrell Museum on the way there. Mm-hmm. Guess what year that was gonna take place in? 2020! <laughs> there it is! Yeah. And, like, I, I remembered sending a message to the group, was like, guys, do you think we should maybe cancel this? It seems like COVID's going really fast. I'm like, no, no, it's going to be fine. It'll be over with by the time we get there. A week later, a bunch of people in the group chat, yeah, we can knock. We are all pulling out. Holy shit. Yeah. And now I'm like, I am considering going to a convention, but I am going to be wearing at least an N95 or a KN95 the whole time. I feel like I need to wait at least one more year to go to a convention. Even if, like, it gets to, we finally flatten the curve which we've mm -hmm. never done. But if, even if we finally do it, I think just the mass amounts of people would make me panic regardless. Mm -hmm. It helps that the one that I'm considering going to is a smaller one by default, I believe. Like, I'm not going to, like, an actual Comic-Con. That's fair enough. And, and yeah. you know what? At this point, it's, they still might have low attendance on account of all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, maybe I could get a hazmat suit and just pretend to be <laughs> pretend to be a rubber-suited monster or something. <laughs> <laughs> The, the other thing is that last time I was at a convention, I did spend $1,000. Oh my god. And I'm a homeowner now, so I can't exactly do that again. Yeah, same. Listen, most of it was on manga. I completed my Soul Eater collection. I haven't read it, but I have it. <laughs> yeah. I also, did I, did I buy all of the Assassination Classrooms? I bought half of them. I think I still have five more volumes. Wow. 
most of my books are still at my parents' house. Because <laughs> also I don't know where I'd put them all. The largest display space and shelves that I have in my apartment is my Power Rangers display case. <laughs> when I was moving out, we were going through all of the boxes of stuff we packed away under the stairs just to see if there was anything important I needed to take with me, like mementos mm -hmm. and stuff. And it was like, I had j just the weekend before cleared out a whole bunch of my book collection of things that I knew I didn't want anymore. And they were opening up these books. I'm like, oh, I want this. Oh, I haven't seen these books in forever. Oh, I was looking for these books before. And so I ended up with the same number of books that I started with. Oh, no, Tanner. In order to motivate myself to read more, I haven't not read since I moved out. I took mm -hmm. all of the books that I either was on the fence about and I'd be able to determine if I wanted to read them like a chapter in. And all the books are the next part of a series that I was reading. I put them all on top of my dresser. So I have this whole stack of books in my room <laughs> that I still have not touched. Oh no. Currently, actually, that's me with going through my closet for switching out winter wardrobe to summer wardrobe. Because last week it was 50 Fahrenheit here. And on Monday it's supposed to be 90 Fahrenheit. <laughs> Great. Global warming. You hate to see it. <sighs> We should talk about the episode. Let's talk about the episode. Put the theme song here. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Hello and welcome to Loser Like Me. It's the Glee Project recap podcast that recaps the Glee Project. I'm Tanner, and I'm the only exception. <laughs> I'm Christina, and I just hope my eyebrows don't start dancing. <laughs> I can't do the accent for it. I just hope my eyebrows don't start dancing around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, they get back from Cameron sacrificing himself, and yes. they're told that they gotta sing true colors. They gotta sing the whole true, all, all true, all colors. My first note here is, oh god, Hannah's going home this week. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that going in, or did you just have a feeling? Process of elimination. Oh, oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. As they're all practicing for true colors, they got the direction to make it believable, but they didn't say what they needed to make people believe. Yeah, we d we just need to believe that these colors are real. Mm-hmm. And Damien misses his buddy Cameron. Sad face. I'm so sad that my best lad Cameron is gone. Mm-hmm. And they practice. <laughs> And Sam is riding high because he has never been in the bottom. I've never had to perform for Ryan before. You know, I wonder if he hasn't had to be in the bottom three because they were like, well, we already know that we like you from your previous audition for Mainline Glee. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that really sucks, huh? Or because he's just there and he's boring. I'm sorry, Samuel, but... Yeah. This is Oh, this is an episode where the, the gears are truly turning. <sighs> yeah. So, but hey, Jenna Ushkowitz is here. Yes! It's so nice because, like, as she's walking through and, like, enters the classroom where the remaining five are sitting, like, she walks in and everyone's like, Yay! It's Jenna! Jenna's here! And I'm like, thank God someone appreciates her. 
<laughs> and she's like, congratulations that you all have made it this far in the competition. And I'm like, oh, God bless Jenna Ushkowitz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she tells them that she and Tina are different people, but when she portrays Tina, she pulls from elements of her real life to make it believable. Acting. Mm-hmm. Every time someone on on Glee Project gives them acting advice, I just think of the scene from Extras where Ian McKellen is explaining that he portrayed Gandalf by pretending that he was a wizard. <laughs> And not, I'm not talking method acting, it's like, Ian McKellen goes, I was on set for Lord of the Rings, and then they said action, and I pretended that I was a wizard. And that's how it <laughs> seemed like I was a wizard, in the movie. And then when they stopped filming me, I stopped pretending. Mm-hmm. God bless Sir Ian McKellen. Yep. And only him. That's the only important part of extras. We're just going to gloss over everyone else involved in there. Anyways... <laughs> Anyway. They sing the dang song, and Lindsay, in her confessional, says that Sam only has one expression, and it's a smolder, and she's right, and she should say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, like, they have it, like, each contestant gets to sing lead, and then everyone else is singing backup. Because they're all singing it individually. Yes, they're all singing it individually. But then they cut it together so that we're seeing everyone perform it, like, in sequence. Yeah. Because Hank isn't so incompetent that he decided to have five separate covers of True Colors back to back to back to back to back. back. Mm -hmm. With True Colors, like, they all do a good job. And, like, Hannah is just so happy when she's singing. Like, my note here is, she's so happy. And then the emoji that's, like, colon capital D. Yeah, Hannah sparks joy just by existing. She does. And, Lindsay... They sound Lizzie with her bangs in front of her face like she's an anime character, and I desperately <laughs> want to give her a barrette to pin her hair back. Yeah. She also performed well. And then when they're done, Jenna is like, you all did so good. And she goes around and she gives everyone compliments. She's like, Alex, you are very genuine. Damien, you are dreamy. Samuel, you are intense. Lindsay, you are a good actor and you are sweet. And Hannah, you sound incredible and joyous. And Hannah gets to win! Yay! Hannah wins! It's her first time! She does! And it's it's very cute because, like, when they say, like, oh, Hannah, you won the homework assignment this week, she's like, oh, really? And, like, everyone claps for her, and they're all clearly so happy that she won. And I'm so, I'm so glad. <laughs> I won't be glad for long, but I'm so glad now. And also, I'm really glad that she and Jenna get to work together. Yay! And Tanner, what's this week's musical number? This week's musical number is The Only Exception, which is interesting because it's actually the only song on the Glee Project that wasn't originally sung by Britney Spears. Wait, what? See, that's a joke because when they sang it on Glee, it was the only exception to the Britney episode. Oh, I was like, Britney Spears didn't write True Colors. <laughs> I don't think she was alive at that. Well, no, she may have been alive at that point, but she wasn't old enough to be songwriting at that point. That was probably like Mickey Mouse Club days. <laughs> anyway, Robert's like, this week's music video is good. You're all going to be in love with someone who doesn't know that you exist. And also, there's going to be no choreography this week, just vocals and acting. And my note here is, why haven't they had a class in acting yet? <laughs> is it because you don't need to act to be on Glee? Apparently. Apparently not. <sighs> Lindsay has a talking head that where she hopes her subtle acting trickles into this week. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's framed as like her being egotistical. It's not. It's a normal thing for people to say. 
but they've decided it's time to give Lindsay the villain edit again this week, and I'm <sighs> going to light something on fire. I'll join you. Okay. But there is a part where when they're talking about, because like, we cut to them like trying to rough out stuff back at the glee shack and hannah's like i'm just so sad that i'm not doing floor work this week (laughs) oh hannah this is the part where alex also suggests that like yeah hey while we're practicing why don't we each pick a person to like why don't we like set up who we're going to be playing off of not not set up just kind of like guess who they might play off of yeah And Hannah says it could be interesting if she was the one pining, or Lindsay says it'd be interesting if she was the one pining for Hannah. Mm -hmm. And Hannah's like, I'm totally down with that. But, you know, I think our dynamic would be more like, I wish I was popular like you. Mm -hmm. Platonic pining. And and Damien is like, I think we should pun for Hannah because I just love her so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like, ah, it's funny joking, but see, Lindsay and Hannah kind of give each other an expression of like, ah! <laughs> because the, I, the, I'm sure they have had girl talk. Yes. And Sam in the background is like, I think it'd be fun if I were to flirt with a girl this week. <laughs> yeah. But like the way that he says it, it's like, Samuel is like, they're sitting on this weird triangle shaped couch. <laughs> And he's at, like, the far back corner, so it's more like he's like, I want to hit on a girl this week! (laughs) (laughs) Muffled heterosexuality in the distance. (laughs) That's Glee. (laughs) And then they get to the recording studio, Mm -hmm. and Alex has a little bit of a breakdown because the emotions of the week, like, just make them think about that time their father passed, and they have a cry, Mm -hmm. and Nikki's like, oh, sweet baby child, I will mother you. Or whatever, fucking. Yeah. Snicky. My note here is, Alex, I hope you got therapy. I'm sure. I feel like Alex would probably be in therapy before they got in Glee Project, which is great. I hope so. Yes. A therapy for everyone. Yes. Everyone gets a free therapy session and a knockoff Louis Vuitton when I'm Prime Minister. <laughs> and then Lindsay also has a little breakdown because she's thinking mm-hmm. of home and like how she needs to be perfect. And Nikki just gives her the fucking death glare. Holy shit. Nikki gets her own like yeah. confessional and she's like, when Lindsay has a breakdown, it feels like she's forcing emotion. Yeah. And I wasn't, this is probably also speaking to the way that I like watched the episode, but I was doing some Googling and apparently like looking for reviews of this episode when it actually like aired just to see how the person being sent home was reacted to by media reviewers at the time. And both of the ones that I looked at said that apparently, like, Alex talked about their breakdown in the booth and these two reviewers saw it as Lindsay being like, oh, well, I have to have a breakdown then. Yeah, that's what it's framed as. And I don't think that was it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's mm-hmm. just such a mean thing to say. And then after, yeah. after Lindsay is finished, she tells Nikki, you're awesome. And she leaves. And Nikki's like, um, what did she say? And the other guy in the booth is like, I'm sure she was talking to you, not herself. And then Nikki goes, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know she was talking to me, but I don't believe it. Yeah. And my note here is, this is what happens when you force 12 12 contestants into terrible living conditions for an uncertain number of weeks with no support systems. Yeah, it's just, the, the villainization of Lindsay is... Is just downright mean. Like, it was all yes. this bullshit, but this is the, the first time I really felt it. it was just mean. Like, Lindsay is going to see and hear this when she watches the show in six months. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. and she's gonna be like working on it a little bit and like what what would it feel like to go into the booth and record music and Nikki's there and you know this woman said I don't believe your emotions are real yeah fuck that yeah like hey it would have been cool if we saw a little bit more of Lindsay's character on the show but I'm glad she was able to get that bag outside of it yes so onto the music video shoot Mm-hmm. Hannah, so it's supposed to be Hannah is pining for Alex, is pining for Damien, is pining for Lindsay, is pining for Sam, is pining for Hannah. But Damien and Alex are sitting right next to each other, and so Hannah keeps looking at Damien instead and getting distracted. But it's like, this is the believability, Hannah. If Hannah still has her crush on Damien, if that plot thread is still going, then just look at Damien. And then if you have a competent music video director, <laughs> they can make it look like you're looking at Alex. I mean, that's a big ask. Yeah. A competent musical video director, that is. My note here was that, like, they're shooting this in, like, a library context. Everyone's, like, working in study hall or whatever in the library. And Samuel's like, oh, this is the first week that our acting is being examined. And I'm like, well, then maybe you should have gotten a session on how to act. (laughs) So they talk a lot about the acting and the emotion of things before. So, Mm -hmm. like, the acting also should have been examined then. And maybe they should have been given things to act. You know? Yes. Yes. Maybe. Maybe lines. Maybe. Maybe, like, blocking? Maybe they could have done, like, I don't know, like, set them all up and do some theater improv exercises or something. Like, you can't even say that this show prepared them for entering what it's like to be filming a show because it didn't because they never had to do acting on a television show. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. My, My other note here is that they immediately were like, copy Christian vibe from Cameron onto Samuel because in this music well, that, video that comes Samuel later. well no in the music video Samuel is wearing a rosary as a fashion statement oh my it's listen it's fashion <laughs> it's not so Alex is, gets to know that they're seeming kind of down they seem kind of mm-hmm. uh down and they tell them that and they're like oh sorry I was thinking too hard about my dad I'll course correct and then they do because Alex knows how to act mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Damien's got some fidgety eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Like, to the point where it's like, <laughs> Damien turns around in a shot and, like, looks over his shoulder at Lindsay. Lindsay. And does, like, and his eyebrows do an involuntary wiggle. And, like, Zach sees this happen. He does, <laughs> he does a little eyebrow wiggle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Damien. Mood. <laughs> they swoop in and they're like, your eyebrows. And they was like, ah, oh, me eyebrows. And then he stops the eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Sam only knows how to smolder. Yes. And they're like, you need to be less confident. And Lindsay, I didn't really pick up on anything specific about her acting, but damn, she sounds exactly like Haley Williams. Yeah, this was a good song choice for Lindsay, especially because they gave her the bridge where she sounds like she's able to get the tone like perfectly yeah. to match Haley Williams. So again, fuck off, Nikki, for saying that she only has a musical theater voice. I don't mm-hmm. even think you know what a musical theater voice is. Yes. Or, did you know the musical theater can be many things? Yeah! <laughs> you wouldn't need the same type of voice to sing in Bright Star as you would in Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> well, I, I do kind of get the idea of someone having a musical voice because it's a lot of, like, belty ballads, powerful things, and you also have to project so that just kind of just gets written into a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's just as many pop songs that do that, too. Yes. Anyway, music video itself, which is 
The music, the video was terrible. Not for the actor's fault. For Eric's fault. The music video is just eyes emoji. The music video is Eric's attempt to get hired to shoot an art movie. (laughs) Because, look, it's all cast in sepia tone. Why? We see random shots of, like, a book's pages being flipped. We see, like, one of those, like, metal pin toys where it's like you push a shape into it and then it like projects that surface out the front of the thing you know like the you put the hand in the nail bed and then it's with the hand was like that but it's a broken heart Uh uh-huh and there's like a random shot of like papers dropping from the ceiling and i'm like this is so disjointed why (laughs) it's a perfume commercial I didn't even take that many notes on it because it was just like because most of the shots are like the contestants like pining over each other and then Eric White inserting random stock footage that he shot for a different commercial. (laughs) But yeah, so they, hang on, someone is breaking dishes above me. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, they're breaking dishes up in here all night. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways. Up in here, up in here. So they get to the, 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 the bottom ceremony and they say, Alex, you struggled, but then you stopped struggling. Well, we told you to stop struggling. And that was amazing. So you're in, not in the bottom. And mm-hmm. Hannah, you kept on struggling. So you are a bottom. Lindsay, we just don't like you personally. So you're on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, they, wait, did you mention that it is Nikki and Robert telling them this? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> because Lindsay is called out for, and I quote, not being true to the moment, which is just total BS. That's a that's a nothing criticism. Yeah, and then they ask Damien if he's prepared to sing for Ryan again, and Damien's like, I'm prepared, but I'd rather not. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, good job. You're, you get to be in the top. <laughs> You're fine. Yes. Samuel, you only have one facial expression. Yeah. So, these songs are... Maybe This Time from Cabaret for Lindsay, Animal by Neon Trees for Sam, and Back to the Samber by Taylor Swift for Hannah. Hannah's super excited because she is a hardcore Swifty. Mm-hmm. And, like, Lindsay is like, I don't actually know this song. And I'm inclined to say that it's because Lindsay, like, one of those things where it's like, you try, you're put on the spot, and no thoughts, head empty. Yeah. And what a dumb choice it is to give Sam the song annual, because... Yeah. Maybe this time and back to December are big emotional turns, which is a good thing for the week where the contestants are supposed to give big emotional turns. And mm-hmm. Animal, it's a good mm-hmm. song. I like the song, but it's not like a heavy emotional thing. It's just a normal song about I like you. It's a party song. It very much is a party. There's a reason they had a foam rave when they performed it on the parent show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, we, we need Sam to show that he's believable and has emotion. So we're going to have him sing a normal song for he's going to be just a guy tonight. Yeah. But yeah, so the performances, Hannah's and Lindsay's are great. Hannah is told by Ryan that she's a favorite to win, and she is mm-hmm. the show. Yes. They, they mentioned that, like, oh yeah, we heard that you were struggling, kind of, but were aware of the fact that you were struggling and you were able to correct, which was good. And they mentioned that, like, you're, you're so good, Hannah, you just need to be a little more confident. And she's like, I'm working on it. I'm giving myself pep talks in the mirror before I go on stage. <laughs> And they're like, oh, she's just so nice. We love you. And she's like, okay, bye. And she skips off the stage at the end of her performance. (laughs) And then Lindsay. Yes. Speaking of musical theater voice, but hey, it's great. Yeah, she performs it well. And then 
she talks about how she was channeling how she was raised and how she always felt like she had to be perfect and she couldn't show any weakness Mm -hmm. because she Mm -hmm. was adopted and she had to like she almost felt like she had to prove that she was worth being where she was yes and (sighs) specifically she says like in my like i've been taught my entire life to be strong and i can't be vulnerable and ryan murphy mentions that her quote no room for imperfection in my life end quote tack is not relatable but like even back in high school i didn't know that i had issues with like actual like psychological issues with perfectionism then but i do now and it still would have been relevant to me in high school (laughs) yeah like honestly fuck off ryan says that she is not relatable to young girls i would say she's the most relatable to young girls because of this like yes the way ryan sorry this is i want to bring cameron into this too because this is something i forgot to mention but ryan acts like something like a girl who is forced to be perfect or a guy who is uncomfortable with like highly intimate situations are things that don't exist in the real world despite being confronted by real people who are like this yes and and doubly it's doubly stupid for Lindsay because Lindsay, when Lindsay's talking about her life like aside from the adoption thing she is literally describing quinn's character arc yes like robert says she's not diana but she's literally the person that diana's playing yes like, she has literally had, well, she has not had the exact life experiences that Quinn for Bray has gone through. Okay, that's true, but, but like... But there is enough overlap. <laughs> the, the theme of be- for being forced to be perfect, and then finding ways to break out of that, and finding your true self, instead yes. of just constantly putting up walls... Yes. ...is something that ex- is way more common in real life than, yes. for example, a <laughs> Rachel Berry, who was just like, I'm going to be a star! Yes. Yes. And so real quick, I want to note here that after her performance, Ryan Murphy mentioned that Lindsay fills a similar niche to Leah, but he roots for Leah and he doesn't root for Lindsay. And I'm like, that's just, that's just mean. Why? Ryan Murphy, you are clearly backing the wrong horse. (laughs) But like <laughs> Because Ryan sees him Ryan probably sees himself in Leah and that would explain so much. Yes. Yes. Ryan Murphy gets Leah and Michelle's vibes and Leah. I will leave it there. <sighs> and the other thing that I was gonna bring up was like Lindsay's mentioning of how like she is trying so hard to be perfect to prove to herself to others around her that she deserves to have the things that she has like yes you absolutely do deserve those you don't have to put in an effort you just deserve them outright by default (laughs) that's that's grace but also they just cast so much more sense on previous episodes of the show and cast eric white in an even worse light because it's like i'm not gonna say that this is the case i am speculating but this would this would make so much more sense for why it was that Lin- like Lindsay was she was not the first one shown in the edit to be kissing someone without their consent but she is the one who most often has been pressured into doing thing into like into kissing people without their awareness ahead of time and from my perspective i am speculating that it is because Lindsay wants she wants to win the competition she is trying to do things that will help her to win the competition 
and Eric White saw this, he could have seen this imperfection, or not imperfection, he could have seen this desire to be perfect, to do the things that would help her to win the competition, and said, okay, I can, I can ask her to do things that maybe she isn't comfortable in doing, and tell her that it might help her win the competition, and then she will do them, and then I can keep doing that, even if she's not comfortable with it. Or without clearing it with her scene partner beforehand. Because Lindsay wants to win and she wants to do the things that will help her to win the competition. Even if she is maybe not comfortable or willing to do things if it was not in the context of, I want to be on Glee. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I just, I, I have, <laughs> I was already Team Lindsay before I watched this episode, but now I'm now I'm gonna go sew my own flag after this. <laughs> okay, so next Lindsay, up is Sam. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, next up is Sam. He's, he's, I was bored. He, he's just some guy singing a song, and they're like, yeah. "You're the least relatable," and I'm like, "No shit." Yeah, Ryan Murphy is like, "You're too slick, Samuel. I want you to be swoon worthy." And Ryan also calls Sam out. Or he also calls him out on, like, the homophobia thing. And Samuel is like, well, as long as it's acting and not real, I'm good. Yeah, like, I just have to respect that my mother was raised to be homophobic, but I told her that if I'm acting, it's not the same if I was gay in real life. Yeah. Because, yeah, apparently, apparently word got to Ryan that Samuel had said, I don't want to be with guys too often because I don't want to be written as gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is... You probably wouldn't have to worry about that on Glee. Yeah. And also, this is where we see Ryan get the idea of transplanting Cameron's Christian aesthetic onto Samuel. You see the spark in his eyes. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, you also have a mildly conservative Christian background? Fascinating. Tell me all about it. Mm -hmm. And Samuel's like, I even have the name, I even have Jesus Christ tattooed on the back of my neck. And I'm just like, I love God and Jesus, but I can also play rock and roll. <sighs> Ryan, Ryan outright says, I thought it was going to be subtle, but no, he specifically says, you know, I was thinking of this role could go to Cameron, but now that I know that you also have the same issues as Cameron does, maybe I can just make you Cameron. <sighs> this is not fair. I don't like it. Don't like it. So, okay, okay, so if I was a normal person who had been thrust into this show and was judging, <laughs> first of all, Hannah would not have been in the bottom. Uh, like, Hannah and being in the bottom is definitely a production call. Remember when we said that there's mm -hmm. a disclaimer saying production, like, influenced the judges' decisions? Mm -hmm. Production mm -hmm. definitely said, hey, we, we can't have Hannah win. She's not relatable because she's not skinny. That is, I, I would put money on that being something that happened. Mm -hmm. So We already have one fat actress on the show. We don't need two. So I would not have put Hannah in the bottom. That was BS. The bottom would yes. have been Damien, Lindsay, and Sam, but I still would have kept Damien, because even though this would have been, what, his, like, sixth week in the bottom, he still mm -hmm. turned better things than Sam. And you know what? If we gave him Loch Lomond, yeah. I'm sure we would have put lots of emotion into it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But Sam's just a guy who has one expression, yes. just smolders. No wonder he didn't get the role of Sam Evans initially, because Court Overstreet can emote. Yes, and I'm sorry for putting all of the shade on Samuel. I'm sure many time, much time has passed, and you know he's 
d- less accepting of the homophobia, and maybe he can emote now. Maybe in mm-hmm. his role in After, he does more than just glare. <laughs> We're not watching After. I don't have the stamina to watch After. Understandable. We already <laughs> we already put ourselves through the crucible with the Smurfs movie. <laughs> Anyways, that's I don't want to shade on Sam too much, but in the context of this episode and everything we've seen, he's the worst option. Yes. And I, it is weird that Ryan Murphy, a known gay, is like, wow, you're mildly homophobic? That's so cool. <sighs> if I was the known gay running other reality show and someone's like, I'm not comfortable being uh, with homosexuality because my mom, I would have said, get over it. Your mom's wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you need to grow up and learn that your parents aren't always right. Yes. And I would have eliminated Sam. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. what a shame. The dreadlocks be mm-hmm. gone. But no, the dreadlocks are still here. Because in our timeline, when I'm not running the Glee Project, Hannah was cut. Wait, I want to talk a little bit about their deliberation. Talk us about the deliberation. Because they mention that, like, if like if we keep Hannah, Hannah will get people rooting for her. Yeah. Because she just exudes, like, happiness. Like, she is truly happy to be here. And she is. she has shown that she is willing to put in the work. And, like... Also, she's like, yeah, maybe, maybe Lindsay and I do a platonic thing, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think she would be opposed to doing queer stuff on yeah. camera. Yeah. They mentioned that Lindsay is, is a good actress and a good singer. And this is the point where Robert Ulrich says, they're the best two actresses of the bunch. Robert, there's only two actresses left! <laughs> By default, they're the best! Unless he was counting Alex. <sighs> I don't know but also they mentioned that samuel is great but he can be kind of one-dimensional yeah and he yes. is and he'll go on to prove that he is and then we see we cut back to the glee shack and everyone's comfort cuddling like it's literally just a cuddle puddle yeah and everyone looks wrecked when robert comes in he's like well we've made our decision and go out in a boat for us and yeah hannah's going home then damien is the first one to step up and hug hannah which is nice yeah and in her, like, exit, she says, like, this is definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, but, like, when she per- when she sings Keep Holding On, she sounds just, like, really, like, resigned to her fate. Yeah. And, like, they literally, this is the part where I noticed the disclaimer about the mentors considered input from the producers in Oxygen and reaching their decisions. Because they play it so early in, like, the end credit scene. Like, it literally, like, I got a screenshot because <laughs> they started showing this disclaimer as soon as they cut to the end title card where it's like, oh yes, here's the glee up on the bulletin board thing. Like, they showed it as soon as Hannah was done singing. (laughs) And I'm just like, did they put this up so early because they knew people were gonna riot about Hannah going home? Yeah, I I can kind of see that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Since she's been gone! (laughs) She's a homeowner! She is! She's got a job that's good enough and pays her well enough that she was able to buy a house. Hell which, yeah. In this economy, that's like a super major triumph. <laughs> she also, she did do a few other acting bits. Uh, the only one I remember is she was on an episode of the the Disney Channel comedy Kicking It, which is a show that's ostensibly about martial arts, but I've never seen an episode that involves martial arts mm-hmm. on that show. I think she was also on Jessie which is a Disney Channel show that also features a future Glee guest star, uh, Joey Richter. So 
Yeah, that's reference. what we know Joey Richter from is Jesse. Nothing else. Just Jesse. <laughs> you you know what I'm saying. We're winking at you through the podcast. Yes. Apparently Hannah also worked for a while with an organization called Hope's Voice, which is about like building self-confidence and stuff. And she and Damien are still in contact because there's a picture, I think it was on Hannah's Instagram, of them hanging out in uh, November 2021. Like 10 year anniversary of being friends, which is good. Okay, I'm actually, I'm on her IMDb, and it looks like she's still acting. Oh, nice! Just, just a little bit. Cause, okay, so she had Kicking It, then she was in Awkward, one episode of Awkward. She was in something called Hashtag Stuck as Sherry the Rockin' Teen. Okay. Uh, a few other stuff, and then, but just in 2020, she was in something called 30 Days to Kick-Ass Love, which oh, nice. only has a cast on IMDb. It does not have anything else. No information, no plot. <laughs> I don't even know where it was released. <laughs> I'm doing a Google. I don't have a lot of confidence in this as a credit because the top, <laughs> when I Googled 30 Days to Kick-Ass Love, the top two results were from IMDb and then from a website called MovieBuff and StaffMeUp.com. <laughs> Someone send us a DVD rip of 30 Days to Kick-Ass Love. There's an Amazon result that is a self-improvement workbook by the same title. Oh, maybe it's like the same thing as like, he's just not that into you or what to expect and you're expecting where it's like it was a self-help book that was made into a rom-com or something huh anyway she she seems like she's living her uh, her best life so hey good on hannah we're all proud of you we're still rooting for you yes i am still rooting for you hannah i hope that you're doing well loser like me is a part of the corner podcast network we could be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We could be found at LoseYourLikeMePod on Twitter and at LoseYourLikeMePod at gmail.com. Uh, next time, we're gonna talk about generosity. Please give. <laughs> Please, sir, spare acting lessons for the Glee Project contestants. Please? For only $1 a day, you can help Sam learn how to emote. And if you want to contribute $5 a month, you can help all of these people get therapy. Not very good therapy, but still therapy. You can help them get therapy from someone besides Nikki. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> For only a dollar a day, you can help the help Ellis run a Glee Project D&D game, which is a, sometimes a substitute for therapy. Oh gosh, could you could you imagine the Glee Project contestants from season one, I don't know about season two yet, but at least season one, getting together and doing a D&D podcast, or even a tabletop game podcast. <laughs> I would, I, I feel like it would probably be D&D, or maybe it'd be masks. They'd be so good I at masks. I could see masks. <laughs> Fewer dice. And also, they're all theater kids. They'd probably appreciate a good tabletop game. <laughs> yeah. As someone who started watching Critical Role regularly this season, if someone associated with Glee shows up, I'm going to just yell. <laughs> On Critical Role? Oh my god. On Critical Role. Maybe Darren. Because I feel like Darren has done voice acting on stuff that Sam has voice directed for. He d- Darren, Darren's been a voice in Transformers. <laughs> yes, I know. This is known. What if it was Leah? Oh god. What if Leah tried to start her own D&D podcast? <laughs> Oh no, Tanner, don't put that into the universe, please. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. It'd be terrible. I want I want the tire fire. She'd just she'd just be like, okay, but how can I kiss Jonathan Groff? <laughs> Where's Jonathan? 
where's Jonathan? I need to show him my vagina just so he knows how it works for science. <laughs> oh my god. Leah, he's just not into you that way. <sighs> Should we end this podcast? Let's end this, please. Three, two, one. And that's and what that's you missed, what you on, missed the on the Prison Glee Project. <laughs> oh, God. I thought we did that joke already. It's evergreen. That's true. It is. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christina are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. You know, for an episode of TV that came out in 2011, called Believability. There's not a lot of Naruto in it.